everywhere you go. Refreshes without filling. Why? You carry the fun with you. I never cease to wonder at the many ways scientists have learned to improve on nature. To think just what that means. Of course, it means many things. Each one is a masterpiece of design and beauty. But first, here is your announcement. It's time for the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Welcome back. Miss Lee Price. Hello again. Don't need to welcome you back. You were here last time. And Mr. Matt Level. Welcome back as well. How have we all been in the last few weeks? Uh, start off with you, Keith. What have you been up to since the last break year? Is there a castle there that you could drive to to make sure that your eyes were working fine? All approximately half an hour's drive. Feel like you're in your uh, own version of a John Carpenter movie from the 80s, Escape from Birmingham. <laughs> yep. That sounds a bit more Silent Hill. Just like a remote island. <laughs> Dense fog. have a break though. always good to have a break Matt what have you been up to the last few weeks thing now. It, you expect to have people on TV screens or monitors 
so that you can mute or turn your camera off so you can pick your nose or burp or any of the other bodily functions that people want to do off camera. And you can't do that when you're around a table with somebody. <laughs> I don't know, Keith. I know some people. <laughs> Any particular highlight games? A great game to annoy your friends with. <laughs> it's like, oh, you've just built up your settlement. Not anymore. <laughs> Need a dice tower. <laughs> Weighted dice. <laughs> That's the only way around it. A few weighted dice. I'm sure you can find them from less than reputable D and D shops online. <laughs> Lee, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I've seen a lot of tweets going on it. It's got a very sassy Twitter manager for the look of it.
here. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been a few um, exclusive skins rumoured and stuff like that, and possible crossovers like a Kratos jelly bean and a few bits like that, which would make sense. Yeah, it does look a lot of fun, and it looks like a game that will make you want to throw your controllers off multiple times at the same time. It's like just no in between, it's either cursed look or shouting. The only way I could describe that game is use torch to not die. That's pretty much the entire concept of that game. Hmm. Yeah, I played the first few levels and it, it never really appealed to me. It just seems to be one of those games where it was more frustrating than enjoyable. <laughs> Through gritted teeth. I've lost myself to the void that is Total War. <laughs> yeah, which gobbles hours like nothing else. It was free on Epic Store a few, I think it's about a week and a bit ago. Yeah, yeah, so that was like instant. Yes, thank you. I do love Total War games. I'm not a big fan of like doing the battles, but the whole Mega Map thing. So it's, it's a bit like Civ Light for people who can't be bothered to micromanage the state of sims. Auto resolve. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure... Yeah. Stick three armies around settlement. Auto resolve. But I, I like that you have that choice where you can do the campaign which way you want to. And I, it kind of defeats the object of a Total War game and I apologise for those Total War fanatics. But micromanaging an army, just it would add more hours to it than I currently waste as it is. At least this way I can like get provinces quickly. It is one of those games anyway, it's like, oh, five minutes, and then the sun starts to rise in the background, and you're like, 
What time is it? I, I've actually missed sleep. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, should, I should go to bed now. Now everybody else is awake. You just tried to get Gandhi's nuclear war up for me. <laughs> Total annihilation. <laughs> I do love those kind of strategy management games. And that, and I've been playing a little bit of Eve Echoes, which is basically just a spreadsheet simulator with Spaceship, but it's just come out now for Android and iOS. So it's basically like the original Civ experience, miniaturized in GFO, which is a great little idle thing to just do when you a little bit more. Again, spend many hours on that one. Uh, other than that, pretty much stayed at home. Had some new doors fitted today. That, that, that's, that's been the highlight of the last few weeks. Alright, so coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking Apple versus Epic versus Google versus Royal Rumble. Basically, they're just trying to recreate the full guys themselves, I think. All running for that, all running for that giant microtransaction crown. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about the Avengers beta that Keith had a chance to play through the Virgin Media beta program. Uh, and we've got a quick little update on World Support apart, I believe, Keith. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about the video on demand release of Bill and Ted's Face the Music. I almost forgot the title though. <laughs> I just remembered Bill and Ted's, and then it's got to be 600 words after the date, so, so the DVD box doesn't really fit on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about a little bit about how that's coming on to video in demand in the US before it comes out on general film release in the UK. That sounds a little bit hmm, interesting on how that's going to happen. Time now for the Geeky Brummy pull list. Starting off with August 19th's comics, my pick of the week was Once and Future. This is issue 10, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Dan Mora and coloured by Tamara Bonnevillain. I've been catching up with Once and Future and have eagerly awaited this new issue. Kieran Gillen continues to build a great story, and Dan Mora with Tamara Bonnevillain provide the perfect visuals to accompany his words. There's something about this book that delves into the rich history of British folklore. Britain is a land founded on magic and myths, and this series is hopefully introducing readers to a part of that history and will ignite a passion in some to explore more about this land of Albion. I hope this team gets to explore more of our magical history in this wonderful and engaging comic. Also out this week was Excalibur number 11 from Marvel Comics. This was written by Teeny Howard with art by Marcus Toe. And it's only as I kind of put this together that I realised there's a thematic link between these two comics. Excalibur was a book that originally stemmed from the adventures of Captain Britain a hero wrapped in the myths and magic of England. He originally gained his powers and the title of Captain Britain from Merlin, and in this series we've seen him pass this mantle on to his sister Betsy. This book has explored the magical side of the X-Men universe and the impact this has on the mutant society at large. I miss Brian's involvement and things look like they might be changing for all our characters as the Exo-Sword crossover event looms. Often, American writers struggle to get a grip of what made Captain Britain and his supporting cast such a great read, and this iteration of Excalibur is not quite there yet, but I'm enjoying the ride so far, and I hope the X of Swords event will push our British heroes back into the spotlight. 
A couple of other comics out this week that may be of interest to you included Transformers 84 number 2, Cable number 3, 2000 AD Prog 2195 and the anniversary edition of Heavy Metal magazine which hit its 300th issue. Coming up next week we have John Constantine Hellblazer number 9 written by Cy Spuria with art on this issue by Matthias Bergara. Fast on the heels of the previous edition we have Billionaire Island number 5 written by our favourite Mark Russell with art by our other favourite Steve Pugh. And we also have the latest Empire tie-in issue of X-Men. This is number 11 written, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Laniel Francis Yu. A couple of other books out that week that also may be of interest to you is Wind number three from Boom Studios, Amethyst number five from DC's Wonder Comics imprint, and the latest regen issue of 2000 AD, Prog 2196. Meanwhile, this week uh, we've heard the news that Hellblazer number 12 will mark the final issue of the Simon Spurrier and Aaron Campbell run on the character. This is very sad news as I thought this was one of the best books coming out of DC at the moment. Cyspiria really had a handle on John and along with Aaron this run has been hitting the heights of the earlier Vertigo iteration of the title. This has been an absolutely fantastic run of comics and I'm heartbroken it's coming to an end so soon. Expect to say goodbye to John in November. The first season of Amazon Prime's The Boys surprised me by being better than the comic that inspired it. Season 2 is heading to the platform in September and will expand the world further by introducing more of the characters like Stormfront, the super-powered neo-Nazi hero played by Aya Cash. But before we have even seen a single episode of the second season, news dropped this week of one of the series creators Eric Kripke's old friends joining the show. As Supernatural winds up its 15th and final season, Dean Winchester himself, Jensen Eccles, will appear in Season 3 of The Boys as Soldier Boy, aka the original superhero. In the world of The Boys, Soldier Boy fought in World War II, becoming the first super celebrity and then a mainstay of American culture for years to come. How all of this will come together in the series will be a surprise for me, as I didn't read past the first collected volume of the comic. But I'm sure fans will be looking forward to see if Jensen will be wearing the iconic shorts of Soldier Boy. And that's it for this week's pull list. Don't forget, if you can, please do support any of your local comic book stores. And now I will return you back to the main show. We are one people, with one will, one resolve, one cause. Our enemies shall talk themselves to death, and we will bury them with their own confusion. We shall prevail. You'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. You might have noticed on the news sites the last few weeks, um, Epic has having a bit of a barney with Apple and Google. Right, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to try and recap the situation very quickly. So, Apple and Google both take a 30% cut of any in-app purchases or transactions through their online stores. So if you buy V-Books, which is the Fortnite currency, through Apple or Google, through Play Store or the Apple App Store, Apple and Google take a cut of that. Epic tried to get around that by offering a direct purchasing scheme at a discount so that you didn't have to pay what they are calling the Apple or Google tax, which they say is unfair on consumers because it's a very high margin of costs and it would be cheaper to 
consumers prefer to buy directly. Uh, Apple and Google responded by taking the apps off their app stores, so you can't actually download Fortnite via iOS or Android directly from there anymore. I think Samsung are still offering it on their shop if you have a Samsung phone. Uh, but and then Epic decided to put a law case in. It sounds like this is something they've been prepping for quite a while. So they've sued both Google and Apple regarding antitrust about this. Yeah. And then Fortnite have spoofed the 1984 classic Apple advert um, about how they're big, basically acting like Big Brother and have total control of everything in their app ecosystem. And then Apple have retaliated on top of Epic again by now removing Epic's Unreal developer options from the Apple iOS environment. So if you use an Unreal-based app in iOS, you can't use their developer options anymore. And Epic have then responded with an injunction to try and stop this. And I think today they've come out and basically said, uh, this is unfair and it will cause irreparable harm if this continues as a situation. So basically, the billionaires have jumped into the big octagon of money to fight it out and see who gets more cash. It's pretty much where it is, and everybody else loses. So... So all those 13 to 14 year old Fortnite players on their mobiles are probably very upset now that they can't download or use Fortnite on their phones. Epic are probably losing a fair bit of cash due to not being able to get the amount of purchases. And Apple and Google are losing their cash at the same time. And also it's kicking off both ways. There's a hashtag which is going around, which is free Fortnite, which I've not descended into on Twitter yet because I want to keep some level of sanity. Yeah. So Epic's one of the biggest publishers out there at the minute. And, and there's them, there's Activision Blizzard, there's Ubisoft, um, Square Enix, and not many others, I think, that are of equivalent size. So, yeah. So basically billionaires having a squabble and everybody else loses. I mean, I, on one hand, I slightly agree with them that 30% is quite a large margin. But if I was an indie developer, that, that's a lot of cut for business. But for Epic, I think they're making 
more than enough cash to be able to afford the tax on that. Yeah. this is the thing that gets me with a misnomer of free to play right it may be free to download the base game but it's going it's more pay to win it's never actually free to play it's a case of yeah it's a it's a case of you'll have to spend a considerable amount of cash if you want to be in the top five ten percent players it's it's a just enhances inequality for the people who are, I think that the industry term is whales, where they've, they've got enough spare income to be able to just throw it at a game and become the top 2% of players just by throwing cash at it. And it and it disadvantages those without that kind of spare income. As Key said, if you could pick up a game for £40, you could probably wait 6 to 12 months and pick it up for £20. You can't do that with a game like this. Where it's all season pass based, where it's it's the entire structure of the game is constantly you have to keep playing, you have to keep investing, otherwise you'll get left in the dust and everybody else will be five or six steps ahead of you before you try and keep up. And I can understand why you can see that, that it's a quite an exploitative thing. Unfortunately that's where we are with modern gaming. Everybody wants to have a season pass on their games. In EA, one of the particular probably worst defenders of this with the constant ultimate team in their sports games, where pretty much the basic game hasn't changed for decades in the underlying structure of it, and then every year you just have to pay for a roster change, and then paying for card, what are invisible card packs that have a 12 month shelf life before they're useless. And then you have to move on to the next game and keep competitive. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a considerable investment. Hey, Matt, 
from the MOBA crowd, it's very much free to play is the model, and usually it's more it's more based around cosmetics rather than actual pay to win. Yeah, I mean, the whole bit about weaponizing your own consumers, again, that, that kind of feels wrong with me. That they're just basically unleashing an army of Fortnite fans against Apple, against Google. Because... Yeah. Yeah.
But it'd be like... Yeah, I mean, it'd be like you're a crisp manufacturer and you've got to deal with the supermarket for them to stock your crisps on their shelves and they will charge 50p a pack. And then for you to rock up outside all of their shops with your own little market stall with packets of crisps at 40p each, I'm sure they'd get very upset very quickly if you were doing very similar kind of business in that methodology. There's a hot, well, there's a wholesale and a retail price, isn't there? And that, that's kind of where this 30% tax comes in. It's the, that's their cost for accessing their customer base. Because I, I would, I would doubt Epic and Fortnite would be as big without access on iOS and Android. It, it's big enough across the PC and the console spectrum, but I'm sure they get a lot more users, especially in growing markets such as China where you wouldn't have a home console and your mobile is pretty much your own kind of interaction with the world. conversation that needs to happen but I think the way it's been structured as you said Lee it's completely everybody it's a Pyrrhic argument because no matter who wins in court everybody else loses If you know you're in for the long fight, you you make sure you're in a total war kind of way. You make sure all your armies are lined up outside the settlement before you hit that auto resolve button. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this, but whatever happens, the consumer loses. And the only the final point I'd like to say on this is, I'd like for games to return back to what EA is trying to do a little bit. EA being the good guy, I know, I feel shocked as well. With Star Wars Squadrons, where they've confirmed no microtransactions, it's 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 pitched as a budget game at £35 or $35. Uh, no microtransactions, no season pass, all the content is going to be there from day one, and it's basically a case of that's your lot as soon as the game's released, and that's it in its entirety, and go away and play and enjoy yourselves. And that Yeah, I think it's their kind of swan song to to Disney to basically say, 
Look, we can do good things with the franchise. Please don't take it away. Please don't take it away. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm hoping it's a successful game, just because I'd like to see that there's enough investment in this model that other developers and publishers are going to take now and say, look, that core gaming audience who are used to paying a one-off fee are still there and they don't have time for season passes or the grind or spending 40 to 50 hours a week just keeping up with your game. So I'd like to see some games like that return. Not Microsoft Fight Simulator, which came out, I think their golden pack was something like £150 for like, their ultimate box this week. This week. Yes. It's, it's yeah but yeah some physical yeah yeah see what happens with Cyberpunk 2077 as well, if they keep to their kind of, their promise that pre-upgrade, depending on which console generation you're focusing on, and I hope they minimise the microtransactions and the season pass stuff, because they've done pretty good games previously. Witcher had a quite a lot of DLC, but it was not to a microtransaction. Yeah. Yeah, not like Euro Truck Simulator where you're spending £5 for a slightly different truck model, and of which there are 10,000 available on the Steam store. Now, now stop releasing the football game every year. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, so get in touch on Twitter or drop us a comment or drop an email to hello at Geeky Room if you've got any thoughts on this. I mean, it's, it's probably an eye, we'll probably keep an eye on this case just because it's going to have a large impact on quite a few other things as well. Because if, yeah. Yeah. So especially with Apple and Google, if they lose, it might just affect a lot of other apps and not just Fortnite.
saying? Never meet your heroes? Well... I did. And it was... Keith, you played the Avengers beta last weekend, I believe. Or Spidey if you've got a PlayStation.
Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds a very muddled advertising campaign with it. Uh, first off, there was the whole thing about them completely divorcing themselves from the MCU. Yeah. He's got a go-to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a case of, because the MCU's been around for 12 years now, that has basically warped our perception of these characters for many people because that's been the main Marvel focus for so long and it's been forced at us that this is this is Marvel continuity because we've had all the spin-offs, so you've had stuff like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the TV shows, Daredevil, everything like that. It's always been this interconnected giant universe and for them to break that trend uh, I can imagine it would have been something very much easier if they released this game sort of 2006, 2007 where you had multiple different Marvel franchises, all of which in their own separate universe, but I think it's a big, it's a tough sell to divorce yourself from the MCU now and expect people to still gel with it Mm-hmm It's, it's the Aldi own brand chocolate. So, is it basically like a Jack of All Universes, Master of None kind of thing where they tried to keep comic fans and the movie fans happy at the same time and ended up pleasing neither?
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... It's not appealing to me. And their marketing campaign, the way they've done it, with this whole Spider-Man being Sony exclusive, I know they probably didn't really have a choice with that. But that's Sony like, taking their ball away, as again, as always, and refusing to do cross-play and fun. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. It's like having exclusive costumes for people who have one ISP. I mean, it's not going to be a case of they're going to have hordes of people changing internet providers just to get a costume in the game. It, it feels like a bit of a uh, pointless endeavour, the way they've advertised this with the beta. And I can't imagine somebody running out to change ISPs over a weekend just so they could play a beta for two days. You get some exclusive costumes as well, I think. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of the whole Rise of Skywalker advertising where they played Emperor Palpatine's speech in a season of Fortnite and didn't actually include it in the movie even though it was a key plot point in the movie. So if you'd not watched that particular moment in Fortnite, you wouldn't have a clue what was going on. And it was kind of like, you know that opening crawl where it says the dead speak in the Rise of Skywalker? That was the speech in Fortnite. I watched it on a YouTube video. That is the only way I would have known what Palpatine's speech was. And it seems to be all games industry at the moment is getting this hyper. Uh, we'll, we'll try and be viral. We'll try and play with the cool kids and be specific with our marketing and it, it just doesn't work and it doesn't gel with me at all. Could you have 12 Hawkeyes? The most important question. Would everybody just be a Hawkeye? Slightly different. Swing in the midst of Mjolnir then. Yeah. yeah. So basically, don't rush out, but keep on the bargain. But
25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barso, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! And take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. No way! How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know... That's cool. Keith, Keith is very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, the movie industry are keeping his precious Keanu away from him longer than longer than originally intended. So, from Digital Spies news this week, it looks like the US are getting an early release of Bill and Ted on VOD only. And the UK are getting a movie release a few weeks later on. So, wide release is the UK on Wednesday, September the 23rd. But it's going to be VOD in the US, I think. Earlier than that. And that's August 28th, so it's pretty much a full month. Yeah. Which is very, I'm assuming this is probably licensing rights or possibly cinemas deals with distribution companies that it has been in cinemas for X amount of weeks before it's allowed to be released on another platform. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, knowing that the world runs on capitalist cash is king. I'm assuming that's probably got an impact somewhere. Somebody's making money out of it not being on VOD in the UK, and somebody's definitely making some money of it being on VOD and cinema release in the US. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be the only film released, so it might be the number one film. The internet has ways of acquiring media for your consumption in in whatever format you may wish. Uh, some of it may be earlier than expected. Some of it may be stuff that's not available in your country at present. But there there is ways and means. Yes. 
Yeah. Or a VPN, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do a Childish Gambino and This Is America on your laptop by any chance? <laughs> And, and I know it's something we've covered on the show a lot, a lot of times before. You cannot globally restrict media anymore. There, there is no way you can force a global restriction on media because we know as soon as that film goes on VOD in the States, reviews are going to flood the internet. So you're going to be able to have the entire plot online within hours. Matter of hours that somebody's going to watch it. Reviews will go up. Reviews always have spoilers in, no matter how much they try and avoid it. So, yeah, unless yeah, unless you're going to live in a bubble without the internet for an entire month to to save your cinema experience for Bill and Ted Three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the baby Yoda had taken over the world by the time the first episode dropped in the UK. On the same date, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but again, again, I have an issue with that with the whole Milan release, the live action Milan release that that's going to Disney Plus, where they're charging thirty pounds for the screening. That that is way too steep for me, and I think that what they've done is worked out in their head that's probably the cost of four adults. Uh, two adults and two children to go and watch it at the cinema. But for an on-demand service... I meant, I meant on Meerkat... Meerkat Tuesdays, no popcorn and smuggling your own water in Keith is where I'm thinking of. It's probably how much the studio would earn from a family ticket at the cinema. But I think that as soon as you start doing 20 quid, 30 quid home screening prices, it'll become the norm. And we're going to be back in the world of cable and when you used to have pay for access TV like WrestleMania or the big boxing match where it'll be £30, £40 for you to watch it at the privilege of your own home. And again... No. Well, I think... Yeah. But... But I think that was the joy of Netflix kind of got rid of a lot of that where you couldn't go and like rent a movie from Amazon or the film or whatever streaming service it was then you'd rent a movie for £10 in standard definition for 3 hours and then it had expired 72 hours later and you could never watch it again Netflix kind of got rid of that with a kind of it's a flat fee all your content's there, there's no tiered price structure and that 
I really worry that streaming services are going to return to this whole tiered streaming and cable kind of services where uh, you've got the basic you've got the basic package. And I like the way Netflix have done it based on the quality of the stream. So if you want 4K HD, you can pay a little bit extra, but the content is still there. As soon as you start tiering content, that's when we're back into the bad days of uh, you need to spend £45 and get 600 channels that you don't actually want to watch as part of this package if you want this particular thing. And I, I really dislike if Disney Plus is going to head that way. Amazing film. Watch it if you want to. Yeah, it's like the flat. Yeah, it's like the Flash Gordon 50th anniversary. Is it 50th or 30th anniversary box set? Yeah. For 40th anniversary. In the middle. There we go. But again, there was a US release and a UK release and completely different content based on what you want to pick up. And I think these old licensing contracts need to, somebody needs to have a really good hard look at it. The studios need to get, a, get together with the distributors and source out and say, look, we need to swap to a global model because we're all going to be losing money and our fans are just going to get the content in any way, shape or form. And that's, that's the thing, don't, don't annoy nerds. <laughs> we, we know ways of sourcing your media. <laughs> beauty of being part of the EU because if you purchase any item inside the EU as part of the current free trade agreement that we have until the end of this year I believe uh, regardless where you buy it inside the EU it's classed as you own it so they can't do like UK versus France versus Germany for instance so I think you can do it through Amazon again not the greatest store in the world but you can go into Amazon Germany and buy something directly from there and there'll be no additional cost so it'll be exactly the same as purchasing it in the UK and including the same legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just create an Xbox Live account in Brazil and buy your uh, Game Pass membership over there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like Star Trek Lower Decks, which is not currently available in the UK. And has no distribution rights, no licensing agreements in place, no idea when it's coming to our schools. It's on CBS Access in the States already. First two episodes have already dropped out. 
but people will find ways of watching that. Yeah. Not not that we would do any like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sh shipping VHS is over. <laughs> Overnight freight. <laughs> Due for release next week, I believe, in the UK. Uh, still, again, very much dependent on not going into a second lockdown. Keanu Reeves being allowed to use his normal voice for a change. <laughs> no way. Way. No way. Way. Yeah, and I think these invisible walls that have been in the way for the last 30 or 40 years of these kind of releases and how things are distributed over the globe is starting to crumble as people, as you've said, we've caught up now. We've realised that there's no reason for these to be in place um, except for money. So I think consumers are getting a lot more impatient with restrictions where there is no need and 
physical barriers put in the way of consuming content in the way that you want to. And as I said, people are happy to pay. I mean, if you look at the music in music industry, apart from possibly the artists, Spotify and Pandora and iTunes seem to be very happy in the way their services work, which is again a flat fee for access to all their content. And and apart from some exclusivity title that that epically failed because the market had already wised up to that. I don't think exclusivity works on these platforms. And video needs to swap into that methodology very quickly if it wants to keep it. Hello, it is the part of the show where I talk about the Games of the Week for the past two weeks. Last week, Game of the Week was Metamorphosis, where you play as a bug. No, that's not all, because if you know your literature, you may recognise the title and the premise of being a bug as similar to Franz Kafka's surreal short story, The Metamorphosis. And that's probably a good place to start, as both that and his novel The Trial seem to be the game's main inspirations. You play as a man transformed into an insect, exploring a surreal tiny world to try escaping your predicament and hopefully saving your friend Joseph from an inexplicable arrest. It's such a unique setting with really interesting visuals, and so I have to make it Game of the Week. Game of the Week this week is Inmost, an early version of it released for Apple Arcade a while back, but this week it got a stealth launch on Steam and Switch, and I've been waiting to award it Game of the Week for a while now. It's a spooky cinematic platform with a pixel art look. I played it back at EGX a couple of years ago where it impressed me with its style and brutal puzzle gameplay. I'm looking forward to playing the full thing at last, and I recommend that you all check it out if it looks like your jam too. And those were my most recent picks for Game of the Week. If you want to see more about what's come out over the past two weeks, then go to geekybrimmy.com where you will find my full gaming roundup every Friday. And now, we go back to the main show. Keith, you have a bit of news from Worlds of Hardcores? <laughs> what? Their CD was in danger of collapsing knowing the size of your long box list. <laughs>
This, this has given me an idea, which is an Uber Eats service for like comic books or delivery. <laughs> Every Wednesday, a cyclist goes out from the shop with, with your stack of comics and serves your local area, and you can give them a tip. Gran Granville. I mean, keeping up with the modern references here, Keith. Open on hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll get you the next time, Keith. They'll get you next time. <laughs> yeah, but if you haven't picked up your comics, please do go in and collect them very soon from Worlds Apart. Very fast on Messenger, especially when there's Chase Winko's on available. <laughs> As the no, uh, it's basically the seagulls from uh, Finding Nemo descend every time they post a Chase Winko. But fine, 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 fine. Gentlemen, before we depart today, I have a challenge for you. Well, it's a, a challenge that Keith envisioned a long time ago. 
it's your idea. I'm giving you full credit for this idea, which is basically setting a scene. So the thing is, we pick a movie or TV show, and we have to recreate a famous scene from that in the in the time between episodes. So you've got a couple of weeks to sort this out. So I'm being demanding this time, and I'm going to pick the movie, uh, mainly because it's 21 years old now, and I'm picking The Matrix. So your mission, if you don't have a choice to accept it, is to go away and recreate a scene of your choosing from The Matrix. And what we'll do is pop those up on our social medias and people can vote for their favourite. One image. One image of any scene of your choosing from The Matrix. And don't choose a scene of the floor. <laughs> Something with actual characters in it. I'm sure you can find a bit of green sellotape somewhere to make your phone... Nice and green. <laughs> but yeah, just a scene from the Matrix. You can use any tools at your disposal to recreate a scene of your choice. <laughs> Do you have one with a floaty cape? <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a good film to start off with because there's quite a few scenes that you can choose from. Yes. Yeah, true. And it's a Keanu film to keep or be happy. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. You could just <laughs> you could just watch Keanu stare at a wall for an hour and a half, couldn't you be? Maybe that's the plot of John Wick 5, which is also the easy <laughs> Yeah. John Wick has killed everybody else, and he just goes and pets his dog for an hour and a half. You're going back to Fortnite, Keith, now. We've done a full circle this episode. <laughs> yes, he, he was like a season pass final reward, I think, if you like bought a season pass, you get a John Wick skin. Nice. <laughs> See, we have gone full circle this week. Keith, where can we find you online? Lee, where can we find you online? your partner in crime, Mr. Matt Level, who you can also find online at
and you can find you, you can find me Keith at Mr. Oh, just at Ryan Parrish. I'm one of those rare people who managed to get their tw- Twitter handle to be their name with no underscores or additional letters. But you can find us all at Keith Grimmy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Please go and subscribe on YouTube. We're a few followers off the magical 100, which means that we can actually like synchronize all of our social medias together under the beautiful Geeky Grimmy title. Uh, you can find what's going on in the local area over at Geeky Goings On on Twitter as well. Uh, don't forget to go and check out the YouTube channel. The latest video on there is me putting together a PC and not crying, which is which is quite fun to be honest. <laughs> so you can go and watch me demonstrate how to put all the parts together. Uh, and as Keith has mentioned, every Wednesday, Comics Roundup. Go and check that out for your latest comic folders. And don't forget to check out Lee and Matt's Gaming Roundup on a Friday with the latest of games where Lee picks a game of the week. And Matt goes on about what what infighting has occurred this week in the esports arena. <laughs> yeah, we're also on Kofi as well. If you've enjoyed the content, drop us a tip there, and don't forget to drop a like, subscribe, share, review, any kind of engagement. It's always good fun. But for now, it's been a great episode. Thank you all for joining me. And goodbye, everybody. (laughs) It's like rainbow. (laughs) We're going to say goodbye. (laughs) Bye, everyone.